0: Ah, uh, fantastic. I, I don't know if you've been able to, uh, the last couple months, how everything is working together, whether it's the music, some of the things that were said in just the baby dedication today, I might even hit on. It's, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit and the Father and Jesus work together. Amen. Uh, As Pastor mentioned, I'd like to thank pastors, pastors, Richard and Sharon. They're on their 27th year. It's because of them that the church is still here. Thank you. Amen. This is a hard message to preach. As uh, Pastor mentioned, we'll be doing it four weeks. Jeannie will be speaking next week on the goals, and then I'll speak the next two weeks after that. <sighs> Part of what I'm going to share today, I thought about throwing it out three or four times, but it, <laughs> it kept coming up. And sometimes I'm a person that I don't like to look back. I'm full bore, straight ahead. But sometimes we have to look back to realize what has happened and why we're where we're at now right. and so part of that is what I'll share today about this church but before I get to that did everybody get one of these last week Jeff are there more to go out or not there's some more if you didn't get one get one of these he can pass them out right now raise your hand couple things. It's amazing what the response has been to the goal setting over the years. Because I've done that over the years. You'll see that today as I give the message. But it's fantastic to see that. Pastor mentioned the same thing about this. I think he said they made 250 of these and they were almost all gone last week. And that normally doesn't happen. They normally have a third to a quarter left. There's something happening in the spirit realm. Yes. Yes. And they asked me, what's the title of the message? And I hesitated today because of it doesn't really hit when I'll hit the next couple of weeks. But as I was thinking about it, it's the new financial frontier. Yes. And you'll see part of that when I get to the end of it today, that we're on the precipice. And are we going to take that next step of faith in the finances, or aren't we? Come on. But I believe this church will and can do it. Yeah. Even if it's a little old country church out in the middle of nowhere, we can make a huge, huge difference yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Yeah. around the world. And we are but we we need to step it up, and you'll see why as I go through the message and like that. Oh, I wanted to read these. Look at what it says. Enlarge your capacity to receive. Put a breakthrough request before God. Dwell on the unlimited power that God gives us for his purpose. Remove the negative limitation. Magnify the Lord over your life. I'll hit all of those points in the next three to four weeks. Amazing. This is the sign that the Methodist Church had on out front the whole month of uh, December. Some of you in here can quote it better than I can. I found that out at Bible study. A man there was. They called him mad. The more he had, the more he gave. The more he had, excuse me. That's the man I want to be. I love giving. Yeah. Amen. I love it. What's the highest form of love that there is? Giving. Excellent. Excellent. The highest form of love is giving. I can prove that John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes sir. Let alone financially too for us and what we do. God's word says that we are kings and priests. Yes. Kings and priests are not poor. Come on. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> the first one is 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. It's a two-way street. It talks about our prosperity, talks about our health, but it talks about our soul. Some things start up here, go down here. Some things start here, they go up here. But as you can tell, it's all tied together. Right. <laughs> it's a two-way street. Yes just depends where it starts. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. What's it sound like when I say this? You're rich, you're rich, you're rich. Really, really rich. Do you believe it? pretty hard the way you've been brought up, isn't it? Yeah, sure. I'm hoping to change that Amen. as we go through this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no poor people in heaven. Right. There's no lack in heaven. Right. The streets are made of gold. The gates of the city are pearls. We've got to use Johnny Myers' trucks for the jewels that are in heaven Come on. to carry them. It's huge. Yes. The New Jerusalem is roughly from here to Florida, is how big it is. It's huge. No lack. We're not supposed to have lack here either. That the Lord's Prayer tells us that. Christ Jesus, we're lost. We got saved. We're sick, we can get healed. We're poor, we can become rich. 2 Corinthians 9:18. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Are you going to work in faith or are you going to work in fear? Now I've got a little test for you. It's called the poverty test. Question number one, <clears throat> do you keep most everything that you've ever had in your possession? Yeah. Pastors talked about this in years past. One of the fastest growing businesses are all the little storage places out because we have so much stuff that we have to store it somewhere. Right. Yep. Right. The liberal soul will be made fat. But you've got to be able to let go of it. You can't just keep storing it. Do you, use, do you use, well, the story that goes with that first one is Ray Bench. He works with Dr. Barkley, but he also has a tree trimming business. And when he was here two years ago speaking to the leadership, it really hit me. He was out in his shop and he was looking around, and he realized that he had made his shop exactly like what his father's shop was, where the tools were, where the bench was, and he had a number of coffee cans that have nuts and bolts and parts in those coffee cans. It has the screwdrivers that have been broke, the hammers that are broke. Underneath the bench are the electric drills. Some of them work, some of them don't. And the Lord said, Ray, if the tool is broke, it is no longer a tool. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Get rid of it, throw it away. Yes. Uh, One rule I kind of go by is if I haven't used it in a year, get rid of it. (laughs) Good. And what I have found on the farm is if I keep that stuff, it really starts to slow you down in being able to get to the right part because you can't find it if you have all the junk with it. Number two, do you use things long after they're used up? One example here is if I walk into a barn or I walk into a shop and you might see the brooms or the shovels hanging on the wall, and they're wore out, but they're still hanging on the wall. If the shovel can't be used, get rid of it. Yes. If the broom won't sweep, get rid of it. Not, I, I've seen the shovel. If you have, Some of the men might know it. But the, the aluminum ones where the back can wear out in, first. So, yeah, it works, but then it all falls out. What good is that? It's kind of like a bag with holes in the Bible yes, tells us. On. Number three, do you always clean your plate? Most of us that are older have been taught to clean our plate. The hungry people around the world don't have it, so you better be thankful and clean your plate. Uh, My grandparents grew up in the Depression. Uh, My brother actually has a stock certificate that was bought days before the Depression. My folks grew up in World War II. You come out of the Depression, you go into World War II. World War II, you still didn't have things because they needed it for the war effort. Right. And so we've been taught that mentality. I have a my grandmother. She's passed away. She couldn't throw anything away, nothing away. And it's transferred to my mother. She can't throw anything away. <laughs> so who gets it? Her kids and the grandkids. Right. I'm sorry, Mom, if you ever see this, but most of it, when we drive home, goes to the dumpster or to the trash, but she feels good because she gave it away to somebody, but you can't throw it away. Old newspapers. Uh, the Bible talks about gleaning to the edge of the field, and what that is referring to is that you were supposed to leave some in the field for the poor, that they, could, after you harvest, you could come in and glean it for the poor people uh, to have them so they would have some food so they actually could sell some of it to have a living. Uh, That still happens a little bit today. Uh, I have been privileged to have a number of people uh, come to gather cucumbers after we've harvested cucumbers. Uh, Potatoes, he's back there hiding. The Clark family have taken a number of potatoes after they harvest. the other one are the deer hunters, I don't know, but they, they like the sugar beets, you know, not the deer hunter, but the deer. <laughs> so. But just, just you know, I've been really blessed to be able to do that yeah. and stuff. What goes along with that is, is your tithe. Do you write your tithe check out right to the penny? Or do you write, round it up? Another one is is tipping. When you're at a restaurant and you go to tip, do you round it up or do you put it right down to the penny? It tells where your heart's at. Another one, number four. Always complaining about how much things cost. If you're always complaining about how much things cost, it tells where your heart's at. What goes along with complaining in the Bible murmuring. Do you know where that shows up? After the Israel people came out of Egypt, they came out with everything that Egypt had. They were wealthy. They spoiled Egypt. They've gone through the Red Sea. But they get to the point they need water. And they start to murmur. The murmuring cost them 40 years and their life, if I believe you were over 20. So don't... Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. A side note. After the flood, the Lord says 120 years. Abraham was after the flood. He lived 175. I never knew that until this morning. Wow. Amen. Amen. Oh, another one about always complaining about how much. We can't afford it. Do not use those words. Never. If your kids come to you and they want something and your mouth starts to say, we can't afford it, zip it. Work with the kid and start. I've preached on this before. Whether it's the bicycle or whether it's the football, help the kids start to believe and put their faith in the action. Don't tell them we can't afford it. Yeah, your mouth has just limited God by saying, I can't afford it. Yeah, it's good, Very good. You want to see it on the opposite side? This is Jerry Seville. He's out in Colorado on his motorcycle with an associate and they're driving along and he says, Colorado's got to be made for motorcycles because it's so beautiful. You got your rocky mountains, you got your streams, your lakes, your snow covered mountain tops and I believe they pull over and he's just thanking God that it's so beautiful, and talking with the associate. <clears throat> and he says, it doesn't get any better than this. The Lord says, don't you ever, yeah. ever Come on. say that again. Come on. He's cut the top off. That's good. Don't ever say that. That's good, Mark. Watch your words. Watch your words. And again, i preached on that over the years. Uh, ooh, number five always trying to get it for less you're supposed to be prosperous and above why do you always need to get it for less I know you're gonna be a good steward I have a friend who was making a deal on a tractor he would made the deal on the tractor he went home and the Holy Spirit said he'd give him 10,000 more are you willing to listen to the Holy Spirit, and when the Lord says to give more, to do it? Come on. He did. That wasn't easy. That was a lot of money. Number six. Well, well, let me, number five. Always trying to get it for less. Don't you like being around people that always tell you what a good deal they got? It's always a good deal. Have you ever noticed that when somebody wants something? It's always a good deal? Have you ever had a bad deal? The the problem with that is, sometimes you're taking advantage of other people. Yes. And as a Christian, we shouldn't do that. Come on. So. That's good. Uh, another one. <clears throat> Say you're looking in a catalog. I'll pick on the women for a minute. You have a clothing catalog. <laughs> Say you're looking for a new dress. Do you always go to the least expensive, or do you always go to the most expensive? You don't have to answer. But the point is, it's your mind. Where is your mind set in your, your, your poverty? Do you have that poverty mentality that you always go to the cheap one? I can tell you right now that the cheap one is, al- is not always the best buy. But just think about that when you go to look at, when you walk into a store to look at something and like that. Uh, last one. Probably glad of that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you bothered by what other people spend or do? I'm going to give you a chance on that in a couple weeks. But I won't, I won't say any more than that. But the problem with that one is you're judging people. And the example in the Bible is Judas. When Mary poured the perfume on Jesus' head and he said, what a waste that could have been sold and the money given to the poor. Anywhere from fifteen to $20,000, they figured. He didn't want to give the money to the poor. Right. He wanted it. So he could steal some of it. But we have to be careful because, in that, we can be judging other people. That's good, Mark. Um, One thing that, if you're ever in that situation where somebody is judging you on what you're doing, ask them what percent they give to the gospel. Normally, they won't say much more than that. So, that's good. Well, Jeff, did I have them in order or not? I I, uh, Jeannie emailed these to Jeff last night, and uh, (laughs) I'll I'll, see. I can paste and cut too. Oh well. (laughs) Okay. that's the introduction <laughs> what i'm going to do now is go over the last 49 years quickly but it will show what genie and i have been through what some of the others in this church have been through and we need to look at that because it will show what i'm trying to get across in the next couple weeks and with what Jeannie speaks. Uh, I need to thank my wife. I've known her 49 years. It's awesome. <clears throat> I, freshman in high school, I mean, I, I, I played football, I played basketball, but I didn't care for baseball or track, and so I. Yes, I was looking for something else at that point. And uh, when I saw her, it looked good. <clears throat> <laughs> and it was good. So, amen. We've been married <clears throat> 43 years. Amen. So the ministry starts out, we, we've been married 43 years, but the ministry kind of starts out 40 No, I got that backwards. In 19... Anyway, two years before we got married... Well, we got married between our sophomore and junior years, so we had two years left at Michigan State, and Jeannie started to lead the youth group at the Lafayette Presbyterian Church. And that's where the church started from. I'll explain that a little more as we go along. But... I want to mention that in working with the youth group, she also went to Breckenridge High School in Ithaca, I believe. At that point, they would not let her in to the schools to work with the kids. They met at a church outside. But you can see that it, it's a continuing thing, and thank you for what you're doing because that's part of what this church is all about, no question about it, and like that. Um, But anyway, we were, like I say, we got married between our sophomore and junior year, and, you know, the plan was to finish up at Michigan State. I was going to come back and farm, and she was going to be an elementary school teacher. God had other plans. Imagine that completely off the radar of what was going to happen so anyway it started out with the youth group at the Lafayette Presbyterian Church an evangelist was coming in we were going to have meetings Wednesday Thursday and Friday in July and this is this just this church is still there it's down the road eight miles down the road And Wednesday night, there weren't many people there, but it was an okay crowd for a Presbyterian church having an evangelist in, which probably hadn't happened in a long time. And uh, he gave the altar call. No one came. Did the same thing Thursday night, but there were more people there, significantly more people there. No one came forward. When, or Friday night, the pastor tells him, no altar call but he knew he had to do it. Jeannie has a vision of being at the altar with uh, the youth leader on her one side and me on her other side. And sure enough, when he gave the altar, the church was packed. There was no room to sit anywhere in this church. He gives the altar call, and the youth all go forward. Jeannie goes forward, I go forward. Some others go forward. The altar is just packed. Well, God showed up. And from that, from that, it was amazing because we'd go up to Higgins Lake with the youth, and Jeannie would try to minister them. If she could get them tired from swimming and playing volleyball, maybe they would listen for 15 minutes. I, I, I never saw anything like it in my life. We went up there after this. They did swim a little bit. They did play volleyball a little bit, but they were in their word. I mean, they were in their word continually, like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What about this? I mean, it was like, oh, baby, I don't know. <laughs> really, really made us start digging. But you could tell there was a difference. Yeah. So what happened is they got saved. They accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Unfortunately, the church believed more in good works than they believed in the salvation of Jesus Christ. Right. So, eventually were asked to leave. Another thing that happened is when one of them, I know for sure, was when he was baptized. They, they started to, well, we should be baptized, so we started to have the kids baptized uh, we'd go to other churches just where they had a baptismal, so they could get baptized. Well, one came up out of the water speaking in tongues. It's like, what the heck is that? <laughs> 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 you you get back into the Word. Yeah. We didn't know anything about it. That right. stopped with the apostles. What do you mean? That's of the devil. Right. Uh, that's not what. My word says. Come on. The next thing was healing. We had an old bus, an old Greyhound bus. I'm not a diesel mechanic, but if I put as much oil in it as I did get uh, diesel fuel, we made it. It was, it was bad, Johnny. It was bad. But we started to go to church as any church that had a special meeting during the week, we'd load up and we'd go. We went clear to Muskegon. We went clear down to Akron, Ohio to see Ernest Angley, to see the healings taking place. Pastor grew up right outside the church. Maybe he was one of those young boys throwing stones at us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, point, the point is he didn't believe it either. It's right there in the same town. Are you going to go God's way or are you going to go your way? Come on. Are you going to accept it or not? Uh, so at this point, uh, a Bible study has started. Uh, a gentleman said that he would lead it. <clears throat> this is Jeannie's kind of life story, but he turned it down, so Jeannie had to do it. A number of times Jeannie, even as stories have been told about Going to speak at 8CAP, that, yeah, I'll be a few people and it's hundreds. And going to CMU, I'll be a few students, it'll be hundreds. Right. I mean, just happens to her. I don't, I don't know why, but uh, she ended up having to do the Bible study. It, and it kept growing and growing. Along with the youth, there were uh, adults. Um, then we got to, I, I don't know how to say this we had some very very strong older mature Christians they accepted the salvations They accepted tongues they accepted healing but the next thing that showed up on the horizon was faith and a number of them couldn't accept that we're talking cornerstone foundation people but they got to the point that they couldn't accept the faith. I need to apologize to Dr. Barkley if he does listen to this. He came and at this point now we'd started the church on Tyler Road. We'd outgrown the hall and so we're in the church. And uh, Dr. Barkley came and spoke. And he spoke on faith. We lost 75% of the people that service. Yep. They couldn't accept it. You're going to go God's way or you're going to go your way? It's your choice. Yes. So we got, we had the faith. And now we're at prosperity. And the same thing. Are you going to go your way? Are you going to go God's way? Are you going to accept what the Word says? Unfortunately, with some things of the Bible, over the years, we have traditions of men that have been preached. And they're not Biblical, they don't line up with the Bible. Uh, they have a, You know, you take a vow of poverty and money is bad. The Bible tells us that money is not bad, but the love of yes, money sir. is what's bad. Yes, and you have to know the difference. Uh, to explain what happened a little more is this was a vision that a young lady had Um, when the church was real small, and it was a train. The train was at the station, and it was filled. No different than when we would fill the bus, but this was a train, and it was full. And the train pulled out of the station, and it started down the tracks. And she saw people jump off the train. And it kept going faster, and more people jumped off the train, and faster, and more people jumped off the train. At that point, we did not understand what that vision meant. But looking back, you can tell exactly what it meant because you had some people that wouldn't accept salvation. You had some people that wouldn't accept tongues. You had some people that wouldn't accept healing, wouldn't accept faith. We lost friends. We lost family. We lost neighbors. They couldn't accept it, and now we're at prosperity. Are you going to stay on the train or are you going to jump off? Come on, it's your choice. As I mentioned, God had other plans for us. I can remember to this day being in the Assembly of God Church in Saint John's, praying asking God what do you want me to do what do you want me to do I prayed that for two years I finally got the answer it was to go back and farm but with the increase of the farming was to fund money into the gospel of Jesus Christ into missionaries or whatever that would be and another story, this, this came from Keith Moore. I wasn't able, as I'm listening to these podcasts. I love Combine, and man, I can listen to so many podcasts. Wow. But uh, it was one of the fellows that uh, he was, well, same thing, he was praying. What do you want me to do, Lord? And he was pastoring a church, and it, it just wasn't going. Well, he started to develop the bulldozer earth movers became very wealthy but what he ended up doing was going all over the world and building churches he would come in with his construction equipment level it build the church and turn it over to the local people in that area so that they would have a church he touched so many more people than if he would have continued to be Uh, you know, the pastor of the church. It took time, but he finally got it figured out. And it's no different. It's not easy, but if you keep seeking God, you will figure it out. That's the bulldozer man there. Um, Let me go through this now a little bit over the years. 1982, there was a prophecy over me. Your life and direction are all planned out by me, meaning God. That was one part of it. And I haven't read. If I only would have understood what that meant. Right. And that's what, that's what the neat thing about pastor is he's trying to teach us what the word is telling us so that we know what that means. It's like, is, am I going to do it God's way Come on. or am I going to do it my way, your way? I had two roads. You know, which road are you going to take? 84, um, Jeannie and I were real blessed to be in a leadership program through Michigan State University. There's 30 of us. And uh, very intensive, three years. Um, But in the one seminar, they presented the goal setting. And that changed our life. And and a lot of you have heard about the gold setting. Jeannie will talk about it more next Sunday. But it, it changed our life doing that. And I don't I won't dwell on it anymore because uh, Jeannie will talk on it. But the one thing I will say is that because of, this this is God, because of that leadership program we were, Detroit Edison put us up in Detroit to the very best, to the very poorest. We were in the soup kitchens. The next year we went to Washington, D.C., and we're in the very best and the poor, and they're showing us the, the government, and we're in the old office building, and the man comes in. He says, you want to see the president? Well, yeah, follow me. So we go into uh, President Reagan's press conference. We were able to stand in the back, but just things like that. We've... In New Orleans, the, from the very best to the very poor to see it. And then the third year we were in uh, China, Hong Kong, Thailand, um, South Korea. But the neat thing there is uh, another Christian out of the 30, Peter, his uh, sister worked for Brother Andrew. So yes. when we landed in LA, we picked up a hundred and some Bibles and put them in our suitcase. Awesome headed to Hong Kong, going into China. We didn't, step of faith, yes. big step of faith. Uh, it worked out fine. Uh, we met the courier in Hong Kong. He told us when we got across the border where to put the Bibles, and then they would be picked up later. Um, I'll still remember to this day setting in, this was a mud hut with a little fire, I mean this, This is poor, really poor. They had a baby. This is Beijing. It's colder there than it is here by far. But I was able to pull one of the little Bibles out and pass it to her and like that. Uh, Another example of that, because of that, uh, years later, maybe 15 years ago, there was a delegation from China coming over, and the county extension agent is a Christian, And he said, "Can you talk to them and like this?" And it was probably 15 of them. And I said, "Uh, "Sure." Well, what an opportunity! But I only had a couple days, so you get on the phone, you get on the internet, give me some, give me the Bibles. And by golly, I got them that morning before they came that afternoon. You, you, You give them, you know. I gave them the little toy tractor, I gave them the hat, but I gave them the Bible. The neat thing about that, and they loved it. I mean, they came running up to get it. The neat thing about that is what I was told is Michigan was, this would be like your top USDA officials, only out of China, is that ours was one of the first stops, so they were in the U.S. for two weeks, so they got to discuss it between themselves for two weeks before they went back because you don't know what happens if they could get them back when they went back. But that was neat that way. Ah, 1988, why reason you? You're going to believe in your vision and faith, or you're going to believe in doubt and unbelief? Another one in 88, walk not as others walk. You're going to walk as the Gentiles walk, unbelief, or you're going to walk in the blessings. Deuteronomy 28, you get to choose. Yes. 89, I actually preached this. I talked about the fall of mankind and sin entering wow. in, meaning Adam and Eve gave this world to Satan. Yes. I preached it. This principle laid dormant for 25 years. Don't let that happen. I wrote down Cares of the World. I was having a great time farming. I preached it, but I didn't. I had it here, but I didn't have it here. And because of the Cares of the World, Jeannie, I'd take farm magazines on our vacation. I'd take farm magazines to the mall, and I'd read them. I I read them like mad. (coughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I I shouldn't have been. But the point is I put too much emphasis on that and I should have put more emphasis on the Word of God so that then the Holy Spirit could have expounded on that and I would have learned it a whole lot quicker than 25 years later. Uh, What that was telling me is that we have a covenant. We have a legal contract. But the thing is we have to activate that contract. If we don't do anything, it's not going to work. Right. And that came about two years ago. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, talked about the tithing and financial stewardship. Uh, talked about faith with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, 1990, talked about the gold setting, the vision. 92, the promises of God must have been a bad year for him I, I wrote down uh, are we gonna make it or are we gonna go under <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been easy all the time but he's faithful yes. and he always comes through but sometimes it's years before you realize why and what. Oh, that's true. Um, talked on ties and offering the annual report, the vision, talents and money Talked about that a lot, the financial statement. This is in 2011. Talked about a financial Can you imagine talking about a financial statement in church? Right. But it's to bring you up higher. You're in this world. You have to know how this world works. We talked about the return on assets, ROA. We talked about ROE, return on equity. We talked about the rule of 72. Yes. The one thing that I wrote down there is doing little things. And the example is uh, one of our employees who smoked. Smoked a lot. Smoked his whole life. But years ago, ten years, seven years ago, he made a decision that he was going to quit smoking and take that money to buy him a new four-wheeler. And that's in the natural, but you can do it in the spiritual too, that little things that you can do that make a huge Benefit in the end, but the point is you've got to start to do it. Yeah, right. If you'd never start it never happens. Wow, I didn't write down the year, but can you imagine I talked about romance? <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what I thought too. I laughed too. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jeannie. <laughs> I talked about the five love languages. And I looked at her, and it was good. Amen. <laughs> seed time and harvest. Yes. You remember the time that I used, I had the corn of seed, and everybody got a yep. corn of seed? You remember the time I was handing out, I believe, dollar bills at the front door? Yep. As I said, I love giving money. It's It's fantastic. It's a high. <laughs> uh, last year, I had it labeled "Kingdom of God." Three messages, and we talked about what is it—the old and new covenant, four types of giving: tithes, first fruits, alms, seed sown. Hundredfold increase. Talked about that. Remember, it's not just a hundred times, but it's it's a hundredfold. It's way more than a hundred times. Uh, the, the main thing is, it's always more than enough. Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Luke 6.38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you merit, with all it shall be measured to you again. That is Jesus speaking. Okay, almost to the end. Why are we supposed to be rich think about it why are we supposed to be rich as I mentioned the word tells us that we are kings and priests kings and priests are not poor when we get to heaven we are told that we will actually rule and reign right. but even when we're here we're supposed to represent God it takes money to spread the gospel around the world. We know that Jesus is not going to return until that gospel has been preached everywhere in the world. Yes. We're supposed to feed, clothe, and house the poor. It takes money. And lastly, it's to show that we serve a good God. Yes. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If we're driving a pile of junk, that, I'm sorry, does not represent God. I'll talk about that more in a couple weeks. Is it true or isn't it true? My example is Jerry and Marilyn Odell. They've been here. They are missionaries mostly to... um, India and Pakistan, but they are also in Central America. But when they have a crusade, they will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they will tell the people that if you do not see the miracles take place, then this gospel is not true. Right. And if you do not see those miracles take place, you can run us out of town. Right. Amen. That's taken a step of faith. Yes, it yeah. is. A big step of big faith. Step. But it's the same thing with prosperity. What's the Bible say? It works. And you'll see why over the next three weeks. The last one is, <clears throat> and I mentioned it real quick a couple of weeks ago when I took the offering that we were, Jeannie and I were in uh, Chicago roughly a month ago with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes from CMU. I love working with athletes. Man, it was all girls except one fella who was uh, the fiancé or boyfriend. Man, they know how to work. Yeah. And I mean, it was not clean. It was dirty. We were in the very best part of Chicago. We were in the very worst part of Chicago. The worst part of Chicago is 90 murders in 90 days is what they average. Um, I didn't feel too bad in the gated fence around the church. It was a Presbyterian church in 1906 is what the cornerstone says. But the subway or the L is what they call it in Chicago was across the street and they wanted to go downtown. Sunday night to see the lights in downtown Chicago for Christmas and the uh, the young man that was in charge of it says no you do not walk across the street in the dark that's when it kinda of hit me like yeah this is not good right here right. but the point I wanna make is it takes money Saturday night we were privileged to go out to Willow Creek church its to the northwest of Chicago it's a mega church, huge church. I thought I'd been in some big churches, but after being there, I guess I hadn't been in big churches. Um, the service was fine; it was it was good. Um, but then we had a gentleman that showed us around. We went behind the scenes, and this church has six thousand to seven thousand members. It's Forty years old, so it didn't spring up overnight being this size of a church. But Jeannie and I saw things in this church that I'd never seen before. A church that has a bank in the basement, they take in a half a million dollars a weekend. You have to have a bank. They employ five to six hundred people. You have a, a food court in the church that rivals any food court in any mall that I've ever been in. And you say, well, why do they do that? Well, you have five to 600 employees. they got to eat somewhere. And then you have all of the people coming and going to the different, whether it's a um, sermon, whether it's a concert, or, or whatever the meetings are, That You can get your meal there. You can meet your family there, before or after, whatever works. You saw, we didn't get to see this, but they have a five bay automotive repair in the church to help the widows, to help the the mothers to repair it. If you want to donate a car, they'll fix it and they give it away, but five bays. So they have mechanics. They have doctors, they have dentists, they have lawyers, they have financial counselors. They have a, um, a grocery store that has fresh fruit, meat, and vegetables for the poor to come in and get. Awesome. They have a clothing store that's a new clothing store. It's not goodwill. Right. It's just unbelievable. Charlie, I thought of you the stage is unbelievable it's a double stage they have the stage behind it can be turned it can be raised it can go down (laughs) I mean it's it's unbelievable they took us into the green room it's unbelievable and if that isn't big enough and isn't enough for the concerts for the messages the gospel or whatever they just rent the United Center in downtown Chicago where the Chicago Bulls play. Yeah. It's no problem. Right. But it takes money, yes. lots and lots of money. And we are the ones that have to get the money. Right. God doesn't counterfeit money and rain it down from heaven. It's our responsibility to believe God to bring that money in, to rebuke the devourer, because Satan ties up as much of that money as he possibly can. I guess the last thing that I would share is I mentioned Peter, who was in that leadership group. (sighs) He has a farm uh, passed down through the family up north. It's tough farming up north it's been a struggle for him but he has sacrificed that farm to spread the gospel around the world he goes to Africa twice a year and he has a bible teaching program that he works with the people there to teach them about the bible to get New churches to get the pastors into these churches. He's been doing that now for over 15 years. They had their first martyr last year. It's not easy. But he needs money. He needs money to spread that gospel around. And it's our job to get him that money. Yeah. And it's no different whether it's Grady or Becky, it, there's, there's ministries all over. Metro Ministries in New York City, yes, they sir. do over 200,000 Sunday schools a week around the world. He needs money. Yeah. He needs money. The only thing that limits a lot of the ministries are money. Yes. And it's our responsibility to get that money in order to do it and like that. So, amen. Ready for Jeannie next week? She'll share how to do the guy, the goals to start putting it into practice. Amen. If anyone uh, would like prayer, uh, the leadership will be up here to pray for you. If you've got questions about finances, you're more than welcome to come up and we'll help you. But, Have a good week. Have a prosperous week. Amen.